We read today from Mark's Gospel, verses 14 through 20, reading from the Common English Bible translation. After John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee announcing God's good news, saying, now is the time. Here comes God's kingdom. Change your hearts and lives and trust this good news. As Jesus passed alongside the Galilee Sea, he saw two brothers, Simon and Andrew, throwing fishing nets into the sea, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, he said, and I'll show you how to fish for people. Right away, they left their nets and followed him. After going a little farther, Jesus saw James and John, Zebedee's sons, in their boat, repairing the fishing nets. At that very moment, he called them. They followed him, leaving their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired workers. Let us pray. Spirit of the living God, Reveal your word to us this day that we might have life in your name. Amen. The sun is shining. The wind is whistling over the hills. The clamor of commerce pervades the crowded shoreline. It is mid-morning. But James and John were hard at work long before dawn. And now their backs hurt. Their stomachs are hungry. Their clothes are filthy. Their hands are sore. And together they are sitting in the boat, mending the nets as the tide returns and disappears again and again. No two days are ever the same. But in many ways, their daily routine never really seems to change. Their father Zebedee, along with the hired workers, is taking stock of their midnight catch. And it's not as much as they would like for it to be, but it's enough for one more day. And that's something. It's not every day that you walk off the job. But that's precisely what James and John are about to do. It was the only life they had ever known and perhaps the only one they had ever thought possible, working nights beside their father, whose example of trade and skill and experience was likely to have been their only inheritance and one they would surely never forget. The smell of the sea air was in their bones, and the feeling of the nets was forever etched into the muscle memory of their calloused fingers. The look on their father's face that day was also theirs to remember, a puzzled mix somewhere between confusion and disappointment and joy. The future that he had pictured for his sons would no longer be and all of the many sacrifices that he had made, were they also now for nothing? 
Or could it be that in some mysterious way that Zebedee would try his best to understand? He had somehow been preparing them for just this moment. The moment when James and John would choose otherwise. Fishing in the first century was a laborious industry, the kind that aged you well beyond your years. And it was dog-eat-dog, physically demanding at every step. To slow down at all was to find yourself falling further and further behind. The industry was also heavily regulated by the Roman government who set their sights on maintaining a steady supply in the marketplace. And as a result, they were eager to levy fines in order to ensure cooperation among the locals. But that meant families like Zebedee's had to work even harder day after day after day just to keep up with the demand and the expectations. It also meant that there was no insurance in times of economic disaster and collapse. Then again, when success is being able to feed your family, failure is not really an option. We, of course, have no way of knowing whether James and John were previously acquainted with Jesus. Perhaps they had spied him on the shore once or twice before or overheard his message about the nearness of the reign of God. Now is the time, he would say. Change your hearts and lives and trust this good news that God is with us, fully present, loving embracing and redeeming all things. The words themselves are an invitation to an experience of reality. An experience of eternity. God is not somewhere else, far away, over there. God is here and now, today, in your life, in all our lives. To a people like in today's reading who are worn down and worn out by the stress of just trying to make it, such a proclamation is more than fascinating. It is revolutionary. For as Jesus' own words suggest, the practice of faith is not merely an assent to principles and ideas but rather an awareness that brings about transformation and the re-evaluation of what is important and why concerning our day-to-day -day experiences, our relationships, our decisions, our priorities, and yes, even our jobs. For to say that God's reign is present among us demands not only our full attention, but our full commitment as well. And Jesus calls his disciples by name. In other words, with particularity. Simon, Andrew, James, John. That is, Jesus not only calls the disciples from the lives they had been living, he also calls them from within those lives, from within those stories from within their unique experiences and conditions and circumstances, and for what purpose? 
for the purpose not only of their own redemption, but for the sake of others as well. Because the gospel changes everything, or it changes nothing. God does not have two plans for salvation, one that is individual and another that is more communal and holistic. No, they are one and the same, held together in the ever-widening scope of Jesus' kingdom vision, in order that all might be redeemed, in order that nothing and no one in all of creation might be lost. And that is why, though James and John chose to leave their father in the boat with the hired workers, their decision was not a relinquishment of their prior responsibilities and commitments. Rather, in choosing to follow Jesus, James and John are learning how to see and to interpret their relationships and their lives through the lens of Jesus' kingdom vision a vision that in and through Jesus would soon become their own. So James and John are not abandoning their responsibilities. They're reordering them. And in fact, Jesus also does the same, interpreting life and its events through the lens of the purposes of God. For example, in verse 14, the arrest of John the Baptist, an innocent man imprisoned, is in every way a tragedy and the evidence of society's brokenness and injustice. And yet, by the guidance of the Holy Spirit, Jesus can recognize that John's arrest is also a sign of the times and an indication that Jesus' own ministry must now begin more visibly. But let's be clear, not all of the events of our lives are divinely orchestrated. Human beings, you and I, make choices. And the fact is that some things happen that God does not intend or desire or choose. What this does mean, however, is that we, with the vision of God's reign in our minds, can look forward with hope not because everything is going well, but because we know where the story is headed. And because we know where the story is headed, we walk by faith in the promises of a God whose love will not fail, even when we or others do. Yes, love. Love and nothing less is meant to be our witness as the followers of Jesus. God removes our hearts from the world in order to place the world into our hearts, in order that we might live fully in the present moment, invested and committed and engaged in what is best for the earth and for the people around us. That is how we share the good news, by way of demonstration, by way of caring for the whole person. And that is the example of Jesus. For by the power of the Holy Spirit within us, love is meant to be our example as well, as we together are being formed into a community that is aligned with the purposes of God. A community that is aligned with God's kingdom vision. 
It is no coincidence that the very first thing Jesus does after he announces the kingdom is to go and invite other people to join him. But it is not the kingdom that grows out of the community. It is a community that grows out of the kingdom. That is why Jesus tells the disciples in today's reading, I will show you how to fish for people. Follow me, he says, and you will learn how to live with and among and for others. Follow me, he says, and I will teach you how to see the world brand new. Follow me, he says, and I will set for you an example in order that love may be your life guide to show you the way and teach you all that you need to know. But practically speaking, with regard to today's reading, what does this mean? What are the takeaways for us? At least two things for sure. First, we can discern from the story itself that James and John believed enough in what Jesus was telling them that they chose to follow him even though they had no way of knowing where precisely he was taking them. Or said differently, all they knew was that Jesus would lead them to the kingdom. They just didn't know how they were going to get there. Now that takes courage, and that takes faith. But it also takes, above all else, a willingness to go on an adventure with Jesus. And we need some people today who are willing to go on an adventure with Jesus. And because of this willingness, the second thing that we learn from this story is that Zebedee is now going to have to hire more workers. Sorry, Dad. So much for the family business. But what an opportunity for someone else. That's how God's kingdom works. And when we are aligned with what God desires for our lives, our faithfulness creates opportunities where there were none. Our courage opens doors for others. Our life together creates new possibilities. Our willingness to follow in the way of Jesus, wherever that may take us, leaves behind a trail of good news. And the ones who get left in the boat become the ones invited to tell the tale. Can you picture it? Zebedee, where are your sons? Oh, they've gone away to share the news that the kingdom of God has come near. Zeb, what happened to James and John? Oh, didn't you hear? Jesus called them, and they answered. How did these jobs come about? Well, let me tell you a story. How many other opportunities 
do you think are out there right now, ready-made for someone else as soon as we begin to discern and to accept God's invitation to us? Oh, that we would be a people who is willing to bless those we love when they leave our nets to follow Jesus. Oh, that we would be a church for whom God's kingdom is as familiar to us as the nets that we once left behind. For as Jesus himself teaches, the kingdom of God is like a net that was thrown into the sea and it gathered fish of every kind until it was full. A grace so wide, a peace so deep, an abundance so rich, a love so full and so real that it surrounds us all, each and every one. And we live and move and have our being in the fullness of God's presence and promises. Thanks be to God, in Jesus Christ our Lord, for never giving up on us, but for showing up and calling our names and welcoming us all to experience and to participate in the good news of the kingdom. God's vision for our salvation, the redemption of all creation, a story that we keep on telling because it is a story that is still being written. World without end. Amen.